I will say this. In uh, GBI, we started videoing everything. And uh, we video everything in here and over there, too. This won't be used for it, but some, if I teach a Bible, something on Wednesday nights, we might use it as a course, just like Jonah. That'll probably turn into a course, and it's DVDs. And so we got a church in Calico Rock. Brother Andy Riley's the pastor, Pleasant Valley uh, Missionary Baptist Church over there. And last night, they started um, the correspondence with a group. There was 11 of them, he told me. And they're taking it on Tuesday nights, and they're taking video. They're seeing... Uh, uh, the video, I'm teaching Galatians on Tuesday nights in our Bible Institute, so they got the previous weeks, and every week they're one week behind us, and then Brother Don's teaching Bible and Science, Brother Scotty's teaching the preaching class, so we've got a pretty good deal going, but that's good, pray for that, because uh, I really believe that eventually uh, that's going to be everywhere, and they're gonna, those things will be all over. Brother Randy Bailey's group, every Tuesday night, they've got a large group there at their church, and they meet in the fellowship hall, and they're taking our courses. And so, uh, but there's people, individuals all over the world taking them. But there's starting to become churches that are doing it. And that's really a neat thing. So that's kind of what I've been going after. And we've got these cameras and stuff like that. And don't worry if you're picking your nose or whatever. They don't see you. They just see right up here. So it's not that big a deal. Go ahead and proceed, whatever you need to do. So <laughs> you're safe. You're out of range. So. <laughs> But anyway, keep that in prayer because that's a great ministry. It really is. And I, um, not everybody knows me, but um, a lot of preachers know me. And I can't influence everybody and help everybody with the Bible. But one good thing I can do, if I can uh, get into those churches that way, we can influence a lot of churches as far as becoming Bible-believing churches. Those churches are Bible-believing churches, by the way. But there's a lot of influence that comes from this church all through all over the country. And so just keep that in prayer. All right, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 9, I guess. Hebrews chapter 9. And go ahead and get um, also, let's see, I think we're going to be in uh, Hebrews 9 and 2 Timothy. You can tell I don't have any notes on me. I'm usually a noted preacher. <laughs> notes with me, but this is going to be off the cuff. For some reason, I can't find Second Timothy. Y'all ever have that problem? I keep passing it one way or another. Chapter four, okay. Second Timothy four. <laughs> what? New Testament. New Testament. Okay, good. No wonder. <laughs> Hebrews nine and Second Timothy four. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're in talks with other churches too about starting that. Bible Institute, so that's going to be a great thing. Hebrews 9 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. Hebrews 9 first. Go down to the end of the chapter and look in verse 27. It says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What's that saying is, everybody's going to die. You can't get around it. It's just the way it is. People say, well, there's only two things that everybody's got to do. And you gotta, you're going to die and pay taxes. Well, that might not be true. Uh, because if the Lord was to come back right now, I'm not going to die. There's going to be people alive when he comes back. And he'll take them with him. So what we know this is, is the general rule. Adrian Rogers used to say that death ran in his family. 
And I've used that many times because it runs in all of our families. That's just the way it is. And uh, Mary told me uh, just the other day, she said, thanks for those genes, Daddy, because I know that comes from your side, <laughs> you, from death. I said, well, I got bad news for you. It don't matter whose daughter you are, you still have those genes in you <laughs> because everybody dies eventually. And she was joking. But anyway, and by the way, if the rapture takes place, I'm not paying taxes either. I don't care what they think about it. Let them worry about it. <laughs> All right, as is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And so the general rule is everybody's going to die. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We're not promised another day. Every day is a bonus day. Do what you can for the Lord and get out and serve him and do what's right. And that's what we're supposed to do. But when the Lord gets ready, he'll call us home. Now, we know there's a judgment. The Bible's clear on that. Now, take your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy 4. And when I say there's some things you're not, you could get out of, you could get out of death, but uh, it would just have to be for one reason. The Lord would have to come back and taxes. But one thing that people will not get out of, and that's the judgment. Everybody's going to be judged. Everybody will stand before the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now notice two things there. He said he's going to judge the quick and the dead. What's another name? What does the word quick mean? Some of you know. Alive means you're living. That's right. That means saved people. Because if you're saved, even if you die physically, you don't die spiritually because the Holy Spirit's live inside of you. And so you'll always be alive. That's why when we have funeral services, it's still hard. But if we've got loved ones that's gone on to be with the Lord, at least we know where they're at. And their body might go in the grave, and they might have died physically, but they did not die spiritually. They're with the Lord. And then it says, judge the quick and the dead. And the dead is not people that just die physically. It's people that have died spiritually inside their heart because they never received Christ their Savior. They've not been born again. And so what he says is, when the Lord, one of these days, he comes back, the Lord Jesus, who shall judge the quick, that's one group, the dead, that's another group. Now notice where he's going to judge them at. At his appearing, that's one group, and his kingdom, that's another group. So that appearing, that's the rapture, that's going to go with the quick, the lie. And then the kingdom, that's the millennial reign. At the end of that, he's going to judge some people again, and that'll be the dead. The judgments for the saved people and lost people are separated by 1,000 years. There's 1,000 years in between those judgments. Saved people get judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Lost people get judged at the white throne judgment. Now let's look at the white throne judgment. That's the second one, Revelation 20. Revelation 20. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20. And we'll start in verse 1. Revelation 20 and verse 1. Look what it says here. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him. Well, how long does it say? A thousand years, right? Okay. And cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up. And set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. That's in the tribulation period. 
and which had not worshipped the base, tribulation, neither his image, tribulation, neither had, his, had received his mark upon their foreheads, tribulation, or in their hands, tribulation. And look at this. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, and it goes into something else there. Now notice in the first seven verses, the term a thousand years is mentioned six times. And there's people that do not believe in a millennial reign of Christ. A millennium is 1,000. What that means is he's going to rule and reign on earth for a thousand years. I'm talking about Christians that don't believe it. I'm dealing with some, a group right now. Uh, through preachers. I deal with people through preachers because we've got students all over the country and they'll call me and they'll say, well, this group here, they're giving us a hard time over this. And I've got some folks right now, they're getting a hard time because they say there is no millennial reign. Well, I guess you'd have to take Revelation 20 and rip it out of your Bible because it's pretty plain. The Lord's going to reign for a thousand years. And guess what? Us that are saved are going to reign with him, the Bible says. So they're going to be in for a surprise. And the judgment takes place before that. The, the judgment seat of Christ for saved people. But the white throne judgment, a thousand years later, everybody's resurrected. What for? They're going to stand before the Lord. Look in verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. That's why it's called the white throne judgment. And him that sat on it, from whose face the heaven and the earth fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Who did he see? He saw the who? Dead. Didn't we say that was the second class over there, the white throne judgment? That's what he said in 2 Timothy 4. And I saw the dead. He said the quick and the dead. His appearing and his kingdom. This is right after the kingdom. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Notice that. People's social status won't matter. Their education won't matter. Their family name won't matter. Small and great will stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. See, if you're part of the first resurrection, the second death hath no power on you, it said. The second group, they've got problems. Verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now you say, what are these people judged on? It says they were judged on their works. Well, number one, they're judged whether their name's written in that book or not. And that really doesn't have anything to do with works. That has to do with if they've trusted Christ as their Savior or not. And if they've rejected Christ their Savior, their name is not going to be found written in that book. And it doesn't matter who it is. The Bible says to get saved for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a whosoever will. Anybody that wants to come to him can. It doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Everybody can be saved if they want to be. But here in verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. That's a whosoever also. Whosoever doesn't accept him, it doesn't matter red, yellow, black, or white, makes no difference. If they don't accept him, they're a whosoever in that category, and they'll die, and they'll go to the lake of fire. That'll be the end of it. You say, well, if their name's in the book, 
They don't have to go, but their name's not in the book. They're going to the lake of fire. Now, how are they going to be judged? Look at the end of verse 13. And they were judged every man according to their works. Now, here's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there's different punishments for different people in that terrible place. I'm going to say this. The least amount of punishment is going to be more than anybody can take. And that lake of fire and, the, and hell's with it. It's all there together. But the Bible teaches that there's degrees of punishment. And I'm going to show you how it teaches it here in just a second. I'm not just going to tell you it does. I want to, I'll show you that it teaches it. I personally believe that there's been some good people that have died lost because they never got saved. As a matter of fact, they probably paid their bills on time. Some of them might have gone to church. They might have read their Bible. They might have prayed. They may not have cussed. Maybe they didn't drink. Maybe I don't know what all you could say about them, but they were just good people, good citizens, good neighbors to their neighbors and the neighborhood and stuff. That's the kind of people you'd want to live around, good people. But they never trusted Christ their Savior, so they don't get to go to heaven because that's the basis. It doesn't matter how good you are. Man in his best state is altogether vanity, the Scripture says. And so it doesn't matter how good we are, we've got to have Christ as our Savior. Now, if a person dies without him, they're going to die and go to hell and eventually the lake of fire after the white throne judgment. But what's going to happen is they're going to be judged according to their works. On the other, you've got a guy here, like I just described, he's a good neighbor, or she's a good neighbor. It makes no difference, he or she. God doesn't care what gender you are either, it's about your soul. So they're good neighbors, they're good people, they pay their bills, they, they treat people right, they've got a good name in the town. Then you've got somebody on this side, like Adolf Hitler, who's one of the worst people in history. Killed six million Jews in World War II. I don't care what Iran says, they said it didn't happen, they're liars. And our general, what was our general in World War II? Patton and Eisenhower. They took them through there. And they took them through those camps and showed those troops what happened just in case some nut job like that guy in Iran would ever say that it didn't happen. And they showed them where they was burying those bodies and all that stuff. There's no doubt that it happened. Anybody that studied history knows it. The problem with the people in Iran is they're racist and they hate the Jews. If you hate a people because of their race, then you're racist. That's what that turns out to be. And the, the race that's hated more than any other race in the world is Jews. That's, black people can't hold a candle to that. Or white people. Don't you go out of here and say, well, only white, white people are racist. It goes both ways. There are plenty of white racists. I agree 100% and there's plenty of black racists. It goes both ways. But I'm, and, and we shouldn't be racist. It's wrong. It's wrong. I'm not condoning. I think it's wrong. But the truth is there's more people that hate Jews than anybody else. They want to wipe them out. They're hated people. And the thing about Jews, I'm not a Jew. I'm a white. I'm not a Jew. But they're God's chosen people, and I know it. And so I appreciate them. I'm going to pray for them and do what I'm supposed to do about them. That's not my race, but see, I've got to because that's what the Bible says. I love the Lord, and if the Lord loves them, I'm going to love what he loves. But anyway, you can't tell me that this guy over here that's done so good all of his life, helped feed the poor and all that other stuff, and Adolf Hitler is going to get the same punishment. They're both going to the lake of fire. This guy here, I wouldn't want to be in his shape either because it's going to be bad. But there's degrees of punishment. And then you can think of other people. Mussolini, Stalin, uh, uh, Bin Laden, was that his name, and uh, Saddam Hussein, and some of those the wicked people, bad people. That guy in North Korea, he's a bad part, starving his people over there. I mean, he's, he's fat, and look at him, and his soldiers over there, they say, uh, can't even eat, you know. 
It's a shame. I mean, he's eating in front of them, going out there and stealing all those people's crops and stuff. And anyway, it's just, it's awful. You know, the, I, I couldn't imagine doing anybody that way. But anyway, that's just a different story. I'm glad to live in America. But uh, uh, anyway, so they get it, they're going to get it worse. You say, what's it going to be determined on? They're going to be judged according to their works, it says. Some works are worse than others. Take your Bible and go to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Hmm. All right, Matthew chapter 23. This is one of the most hateful sermons you'll ever read in your life. You say, who preached it? Jesus. You say, what? He was a name caller. But do you know who he was? He was God in the flesh when he came. Every sermon he preached was perfect. He never made a mistake in a sermon. I can't say that. I've messed up plenty of times. But he could. The greatest preacher to ever live is this man I'm about to read about right here. Jesus. Look at Matthew 23, 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, they that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. They're hypocrites. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will move, not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their philosophies and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogue. They like to be seen. You get down through here. Now look in verse 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Verse 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Verse 15, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 16, woe unto you, blind guides. Verse 17, you fools and blind. <laughs> He's getting after them, ain't he? All the way through there. You want to talk about a rough sermon? That's a rough sermon. And man, he is tearing them up is what he's doing. I just don't believe him talking bad about anybody. Well, you wouldn't have liked Jesus very well then. See, that's what's wrong with the average Christian. They don't know anything about him because they get their information from people like Joel Osteen. And I don't even think he knows him. And so they don't know anything about him. But if you read your Bible, you find out. Now, let me tell you something. Were these people hypocrites? How many of you think they were? Raise your hand. The Lord said they were, didn't he? That's good enough for me right there. You say, you didn't even know them. No, but I know him. And if he says somebody's a hypocrite, that's what I believe. I believe it all the way. Now, look, these are the religious people during his time. Look in verse 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye devour widows' houses. They're going into these widows and trying to steal their homes and getting, you know, they'd get them for the temple and stuff, and then they'd get a big commission out of it. There's preachers that do stuff like that. God help people that do something that way. For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. He didn't say they would receive damnation. He said you'll receive the greater damnation. The greater Meaning that there's a worse kind. All right, go back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Probably about chapter 32. I probably got it written down if I don't find it. 
what we're going to shoot for. Yep, Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Look in Deuteronomy 32, verse 22. For a fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Look, it says the lowest hell. There's somebody that's going to get the greater damnation because they're so bad. By the way, these religious people that are leading people the wrong way and away from Christ instead of to Christ, I'd hate to be in their shoes on that day of judgment. And he put it on them. And here it says there's different levels in hell. There's a lowest hell, meaning that there's different levels. Now, I don't know all about it, but I know this thing. The Bible says that white throne judgment, they're going to be judged according to their works. And some people's going to get it worse than others. And like I said, I think that the easiest one's going to be worse than you can handle. The best thing to do is just trust Christ your Savior and be saved. Don't worry about it. You say, you might be wrong. Well, maybe I am, but I might not be either. You better go ahead and just trust Christ your Savior. All right, one more place. Go to, uh, now let's go to 1 Corinthians. Well, let's grab 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 Corinthians 3. That'll make it easy. Second Corinthians five and first Corinthians three. The judgment seat of Christ, that's for saved people. It's only mentioned two times by name in the Bible. One of them is in Romans chapter fourteen. I don't we don't for sake of time we're not going to turn to all of them. But the other one would be Second Corinthians chapter five. And notice in Second Corinthians chapter five and verse ten. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's saved people he's writing to. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. There's going to be a judgment for me and you saved people. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we're getting out of the judgment. We'll stand before him too. And that won't be a good sight either. People say, well, I just can't wait for the judgment. Suit yourself. <laughs> I don't look forward to that. You say, well, you're saved, aren't you? I'm saved. That's not what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about letting him down and those type of things. I'm not being judged on whether I'm saved or not. I know I'm saved. That's handled. It's taken care of. It's, it has to do with works, what I've done in my body, whether it be good or bad. Now turn to 1 Corinthians 3, and this is what this is talking about. And in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus Christ. He's the greatest foundation. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, we've got a foundation. When we get saved, we receive the foundation. That's the Lord. And it's our job to build on that foundation. What can you build? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. You say, what are those? They're works. You say, how do you know they're works? Because of verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You've got two classes of works up there, gold, silver, and precious stones. Those are good works. Then you've got wood, hay, and stubble. Those are bad works, or you could say dead works. See, wood's a dead tree, hay's dead grass, and stubble's dead hay. You know what would happen to wood, hay, and stubble if they get put in a fire? They're going to burn up. You know what happens to gold and silver if it gets put in a fire? 
it purifies. It'll melt, and what they call the dross, that's the impurities that are in it, will be separated from it. And then all you'll have is the purified portion of it. And what he says is that that judgment, all your works are going to be placed in a fire. The ones that are good, they'll still be around. You'll be able to see those after the fire, after they get through the fire, just like they're passing through a fire. But the ones that are dead, all you're going to see is a pile of ashes. And people say, yep, that's right. That day declared it. Yep, those are bad works because all I see is a pile of ashes. That guy doesn't have anything but ashes to show. And you look there, boy, that woman right there, my goodness, look at the gold she's got. Say, so what's that? Good works is what it is. It's not about whether you're saved or not. You're not being judged on whether you're saved. You've got that taken care of right down here. You trust Christ your Savior, that's handled. Verse 14, if any man's work abide, that means through the fire, which he hath built thereupon. See, that's what he's building on the foundations, works. That tells me that gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble are works. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, look at this, he shall receive a reward. Not salvation, a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. So it's not determined your salvation, it's determined rewards. And you can get rewards and you can lose rewards. And so that's what that judgment's going to be about. What's going to be judged? You say, what's going to be judged? Your works after you get saved. What you've done for Christ, what you hadn't done for Christ. I, feel, I also believe that the Lord's going to show us things that we could have done for him, but we didn't do. There's people not here tonight. You say, why? Well, some of them sick. They can't be here. Some of them's working. They just couldn't make it. They're, that's good. I mean, that's commendable. And some of them's just lazy. There's probably 50 people, maybe 100. Who knows? It's just, I just don't feel like getting up. That won't be good on that day. It won't turn out good. What kind of work do you think that one will be? Say, you can gain rewards, you can lose rewards. All right, go to 2 John. 2 John. See, people get confused. They think that's about salvation, but you can't lose your salvation if you've been saved. But you can lose rewards. Second John. Second John. Look at verse uh, 7. I'm going to read this whole passage. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now when they say he hasn't come in the flesh, what they mean is he was not God in the flesh. He was not who he said he was. We preach and teach on the deity of Christ, meaning that Jesus was the Son of God. He was the second part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three parts of it. There's people that teach he didn't come in the flesh. There's people right around the corner here, and they say, well, he wasn't the him. He was a God. He was not the God. You know what the Bible says about somebody that says that? They're a deceiver and an antichrist. Verse 8, look to your, you know what the Mormons teach? They teach that he wasn't either. They teach that he was uh, Lucifer's brother. Now, that's blaspheming God. He's not Lucifer's brother. Lucifer was created as an anointed cherub. And he sinned and got kicked out of heaven for that. But he was not the brother of Jesus. They even teach that God the Father 
was just a real man and he attained godship and he got to go and he got to be God. But his father was a God before him and his father, he didn't have a father before him. So that's, that's a cult, what you get in with that kind of stuff. Anybody that wears magic underwear is in a cult. Holy underwear, we understand that, but not magic underwear. Verse 8. <laughs> Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that you receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine that he came in the flesh, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. That means when they come knock on your door and say, we want to come in and say, you don't have to be mean to them either now. There's no reason. You don't have to do that. You can be friendly about it. But just say, no, I'm sorry. We, we have our beliefs here. and We don't believe like you. Or here's some of our literature. Give them a gospel track. You can be nice and smile and just say, they want to come in and teach you and stuff. Say, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe. We don't believe the same. That wouldn't be a good idea. You can be nice about it. Send them packing. You say, why would you do that? Because if you don't do it and you let them come in, you're a partaker of their evil deeds, it says. The Bible says if a person doesn't believe that... Christ was God in the flesh. Those deeds are evil that they're pushing that stuff around. That's evil, according to the Bible. And so that's a major doctrine in Scripture, the deity of Christ. That's very important. All right, verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Now, the word wrought means you work for it. That's not salvation. But that we receive a full Reward, that's that same word we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, a reward. You know what that means? That means you can get rewards, but what it means is that you can mess up, stop working for the Lord, you can lose rewards. We want to receive a full reward. That's what our desire should be. Be faithful to the end, just like Paul said, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul finished his course, he kept the faith. We need to finish all the way to the end. Go all the way to the end. Don't stop halfway. Don't stop three quarters of the way. Go all the way into the runway. Taxi out there on the, ta on the taxi and go right on into the hangar. That's what we need. All the way in. Finish the job. Finish what we're doing. And God will bless us for it. But see, there's, that's the two judgments right there in a nutshell. I can give you more on them, but we don't have for sake of time. That was, the question was about what is each one judged for? What kind of works and different things. And that's what is judged for there. So, all right. Any questions or comments? We don't have time to do another one, but we got time for questions or comments. If you want.